Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley. We are going to have on Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince and talk about the amazing 48-45 to overtime victory of the Illini defeating the Indiana Hoosiers. It was an exciting game. There was a lot of ups and downs. It was the definition of a roller coaster ride. We'll be right back to talk about it. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. This is Mike Kegley. I'm here with Kedrick Prince. We'll have Matt Stevens on in a few minutes. Kedrick, you know, we had opportunity then to to kind of, you know, reflect a little bit about what was going on with that that game and some of our thoughts. First off, uh, let's go through some of the key players. You know, there's there's guys who make a difference out there in the on the field. Let's start defensively because I know there was a lot of there's a lot of rough things, in, you know, defensively, but. Anybody stand out to you uh, on the defensive side uh, that today during the action? Well, I don't know if I can be positive about this, you know, that question. I don't remember which guy it was. I can't remember, but they picked on him all day long. I, I, I can't remember. Um, that's a concern for me because that's a recipe for share game film. You know, if you need a first down, you know, this kid – you know, struggles covering because he doesn't turn around and see the ball. Um, I just, you know, as we mentioned in our in our hot take, Mike, I know what Illinois wants to do. I, when I talk to the recruits, especially the corners and defensive backs, they want to be able to go to school where they can play man-to-man. They can see success. But what the fans need to understand and remember, this isn't last year's team, and, you know, you have to rebuild. And they're trying to give these kids a chance to showcase their talent, but they're young. They're just, they're young. And I think uh, Indiana exploited that a little bit. And I know they'll work on it. I mean, I'm not stupid enough to understand these coaches, they have bachelor's and master's degrees and they played the game at the high level. They're not dumb. They know that they, we don't want, you know, what they need to work on. And that's a concern for me moving forward is just, their pass coverage because they do have to play zone sometimes. I mean, nobody wants to do that because with today's athletes, Mike, they can pick your part. Yeah, and and I and I will say that that that's what you're seeing going on at Florida right now. Coach Napier's got a, a good recruiting class in there, but they're they're basically got young kids, and I'm what I mean young either more I mean inexperienced who are going out there and being forced to play against you know, SEC studs and they're finding it to be very, very rough going, which could change around significantly next year when they get a little bit older. Um, And I think you also even see that a little bit at Texas A&M where they've got that one super class that's, I think they're sophomores now, and and that's still awfully young. You don't go win the SEC with, with a boatload of sophomores. You know what, Mike, and you're missing Matthew Bailey, who's out for a year. And the one thing I've noticed 
you know, there was not a lot of recruits there today because, you know, it's playoff time, but they're not, you know, hammering home the transfer portal. What I've noticed in the last two weeks with recruiting, they're going to junior college route and they're looking for speed. So they're not sleep. They know what's going on. I mean, they're up with the times. I'm not going to panic because here's the deal. We can sit here and make this podcast because the world we live in wants to be negative. Usually, and this is not a slap in the face. Yes, it is. Some of the past co- coaches, I'm lying. It is. They would have lost. They won today. It stinks about the penalties. It stinks to have a kid be, you know, thrown out of a game because he's spitting the kid's face. If you don't think they're going to address that, you're, you're kidding yourself. Yes, it almost cost them a game. And I know they're working on it. But guess what? They won. It would have been worse if they had lost the game. So, no, I don't like seeing that. There's so many positives out of this, and I know we'll get to it because there's one thing I want to say. I I know when you bring it up, Mike, but for the most part, yes, there's things they need to work on, but they have a chance to go to another bowl game back-to-back years. Let's give Coach Bieleman and his staff credit. They lost a lot. They obviously do a good job of coaching because – they get a lot of guys in the NFL for the last three home games. There's been NFL scouts sitting up there and it's not just to see Newton. There's other kids. I tweeted a couple weeks ago. You know, I think I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was the Oakland Raiders. This guy was raving about Caden Fagan. This kid is 18 years old. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing I, when I was looking at like who played well, obviously, uh, you know, Johnny Newton, uh, ended up with you know a sack, uh, a tackle for loss. You know he 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 was actually you know um, you know four four total tackles, uh, two solos. Mike, let me interrupt you for a second. I'm sorry. Yep. He, you know what? When you watch the game, I saw a couple times, and I don't know. This is probably not fair to him. I don't think he tried. I think he's frustrated of being double teamed all the time. The most impressive thing I know you gave out some stats was when he ran down a running back. That guy is just, he is extremely talented. I don't know if Illinois fans can appreciate how good he is, but every play, I mean, like, a lot of people don't watch the line play, and I'm not I'm not going to lie. I haven't done a lot of that over the years, but when I watch him today, he just looks exhausted because he's never going to get a chance to just showcase his skill at the college level because there's two and three guys that's in front of his face all the time. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much his, unfortunately, it's his fate that, that you know, they a lot of times teams go away from him, and e- even like well, one of the runs up the middle um, that the quarterback did on an option, you know, Sorby, Sorby, I pronounce it. He, um, you know, it was basically pick the side that Newton wasn't on to go up, you know, and I think Newton still got involved in in the tackle. Um, it's it, it's a tough road to hoe for him. You you can't, you know, it's not necessarily his his fault you know he just it's just the way it is i thought gabe yakas had two two um you know big tackles and um you know one of them was a sack and two tack two tackles for loss um i thought he you know at key times came in and and had some nice hits as well and 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 seth coleman started out uh pretty well um uh, you know, Clayton Bush is one who comes up and, and presses hard, you know, on the run, et cetera. So there were guys who had a decent game. I was kind of, uh, 
Uh, I was surprised Odaluga didn't play as much uh, as I would have thought. I'll be interested to see his PFF totals. But overall, the 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 defensive backs are young players, and and they just didn't play particularly well today. And and I know that you know getting Aaron Henry out of his job is the new. I don't know. It's the holy quest for a segment of the Illini fan base, and and I'd have to know, you know, just exactly, you know, what, you know, where he's he's making the mistake because some of this stuff is is young kids. What I do think they do have to figure out is, and I know that that Aaron Henry is a big one for talking, but you got to have more discipline, and, and these guys got to shut up and stop doing the things that get some of those fifteen yard penalties that are so annoying to people uh, and and really hurt the team because you you just can't allow um, you can't allow seven first downs in a single game to be given up. And that's, that's exactly what the Illini did today. You know, the, 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 the Hoosiers end up with 29 first downs, but you know, they, seven of them were because of Illinois, you know, penalties. And, and you just, you have to play better than that in terms of just your own personal discipline. I agree with you because of, from a defensive standpoint, those results in the first down. But just overall, I mean, there's a holding, there's clipping, mm-hmm. all of it. I mean, I'm just I can't just sit and blame Aaron Henry because we sit there and I don't think it was Hunter White that got in the game right away. First play, he got a clipping call. I think is who it was. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the point being is yes, they do cost you a game. You know, you gotta clean it up. I mean, because you look at some of the games that they've lost and games that they could have won and been in other than that, and it's just an Illinois thing. I, it's not coaches. I mean, I don't know the last coach at Illinois that that kids were played and it didn't happen. You know, Lovey Smith is a disciplined guy. I know Brad is, and it's still happening. So I don't know. I know talking goes on in the game, and Illinois is always the kids that get caught. Nothing frustrates me more, you know, is when they – a guy's running out of bounds, and then they shove him. I mean, there's a, there's an official right in front of your face. And if you do it on the road, the fans are going to react, and then the big team, they're going to throw a flag. And, he, and you hurt your team by doing that. I know I was told that they discussed that stuff privately, so it's not like it's not being talked about, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it is something that just, you know, they have to get a little bit better on that. But, again, I know Indiana has been playing better the last couple of weeks, but you don't want to give up 45 to Indiana. At the same time, you've got to think that Indiana people are looking at Illinois game by game performance and saying, how can you possibly give up 48 to Illinois? So I think every fan base thinks that their team should win, you know, I don't know, eight out of 10 games. And the fact of the matter is these teams are just too close together. And some of it is going to be that discipline not to talk, you know, and, and I always was a guy who talked a lot during games, but I tried to make it look like I wasn't talking when I did it. And, and that's where I think, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's, you know, some, some, some ways to maybe do some coaching on that that wouldn't wouldn't be quite so bad. Now we've got Matt Stevens who's joining us. Matt, we were trying to find some bright spots on the defense. 
And we really came up with Gabe Yakas had a few plays. Johnny Newton had a few plays and of course was being double and triple teamed the whole, the whole game, or they just blatantly ran plays away from him all game. Um, and then we kind of ran out of steam. Any, um, anything for your eye that you looked at and you're like, okay, maybe, you know, had a better game than what fans thought of when you giving... had a chance to make a play and he did it. Like, you want to like look for positives in the young, in the youth movement. Um, no, Johnny Newton's really good. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but he's, he's, he's pretty good at football. Um, uh, Gabe Yakis has gotten better and better week in and week out. And I actually think the reemergence of Keith um, Randolph has allowed him to play better now in the two point stance that they've moved to Gabe back to. I think he would, he would be the first one to tell us this on our own radio network. Um, I, I think so. I think there's 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 a light shining light there. Um, uh, the secondary is very very young and it is very very inexperienced and it is getting victimized of very very much. So um, there's a lot of things to work on there. Um, no duh, right? But no, I think four is pretty good. I think seventeen is pretty good. I think forty seven has a chance to be pretty decent when he gets to be an older person. Um, but when he gets the opportunity to make plays, he made a play today. Um, and then, you know, you have to think that somebody like Xavier Scott getting victimized as many times as he did today, um, will maybe learn from the experience. And I think that's, that's something that Aaron Henry and, um, you know, Antonio Finellis have to bank on is that these younger guys are really going to have to learn from this experience that they suffered through today and did so in a victory. So, you know, yeah, it's always a more positive film review experience with the players after you get a W than when you don't. Yeah, no, I, that, that's no doubt. So let, let's, uh, let's kind of reverse field here. John Paddock is, you know, the, the second highest output uh, passing yards behind Shadur Sanders and, and only by four yards. Uh, Shadur came up with uh, 511 earlier in the season. Paddock's number two for a single game in the season at 507. Um, building a legend, uh, two game-winning touchdowns to the same Isaiah Williams back-to-back weeks. Uh, how do you How do you encapsulate this, Matt? Well, nobody in well, – I think it's really cool that John gets to be at the top of the record books. Nobody has ever thrown for more yards in Memorial Stadium than John Paddock. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think it's really, really cool that somebody who has played six years of college football, only two – only one and a half, 14 of, start, 14 of those games have been as a starter, um, and he's able to come out and do what he did today. I think that's pretty cool. Um I think the guys like playing with him. I think they like playing with somebody who's six, who's a six-year guy and understands, you know, what his job is and what his uh, what his role is on this team and how he can figure some stuff out. And I really do think that no matter who was behind center today, um, Illinois thought the throw game was going to have to set up the run game, and that was pretty evident in what Barry Lenny wanted to do today was throw to set up the run, um, because I don't know if you guys know this, but 
there's a lot of consternation about Illinois secondary, but Indiana's secondary is just as bad. And yeah. I think that that's, that's a little even concerning too, if you're an Indiana fan, because your head coach is Tom Allen. He's going to go back to being a defensive coordinator the minute that they tell him to leave Bloomington. Um, so that's, that's a little disconcerting that the defense is that bad in the back for the Hoosiers. And um, they were able to kind of find busted coverages all over the place. And I actually think Illinois has used the bye week to, you know, get Ashton Hollins to a place where he can take over for Pat Bryant and, and make some plays like he did today. Um, and if Pat's out for, a, you know, more than a week um, against a really, really good Iowa defense next week, at least you can plug six in there and, and have guys that you feel like can can make plays. Um, three still have three wide receivers that you can plug in there and make plays. So, um, yeah, I, I think John Paddock's done – a hell of a job in these last seven days of resurrecting not only, you know, his legend at Illinois, which is pretty robust when you go back and you look at his family, but this current 2023 season for Illinois too. Um, and I think that there's, there's a lot to be said for that because, you know, I grew up living in Ogden, so I'm very familiar with his grandpa and, and, you know, over in St. Joe and having that property over there and, um, the Wright family is is something that that is somewhat of a legend. Had John never thrown a pass at Illinois this year, but to do what he did in these last seven days is is, is pretty cool, and that's kind of kind of the essence um, of what sports is kind of about. If you really like the uh, the narrative of somebody doing something really really special that you didn't see coming, and that's kind of the John Paddock story right now. Yeah, Ked, what were your thoughts on John? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something or say something a little different. Because we all have thrown out the stats. I'm only the guy just as a person, and, and here's why. I learned last week, and maybe you guys have heard this. Hopefully, the listeners know, you know, you've heard this as well. If not, you know, maybe you'll enjoy it. When he was in high school, because he's from Michigan, he just talked about how being from that state, either a Spartan, Spartan fan or Wolverine, and he'd always wear his Illinois gear, and people made fun of him all the time, and, you know, what is Illinois like? And he just, the Minnesota game was just fitting. I mean, it was, it was like the cherry on top. And then today, this guy, I'm sure he knew earlier in the week, he was going to get the nod. I heard him on the post-game radio show. He didn't let that leak out, but this is just great. It's, you know, I hope that the, the Big Ten Network, they do a lot of special things, but I really hope they give this guy his just due because that was a great performance. I don't care how bad Indiana's defense is. You still have to go out there and make plays. That was a great performance for a kid who came in, like I said, lost. He wanted to fight for a starting job, and he lost it. He didn't win it, but he didn't sulk. He didn't pout. You know, he came out there last week and, you know, right away without warming up, you know, led Illinois to a game-winning touchdown with two Isaiah Williams, and he did it again back-to-back weeks. So I say ride the magic while it's hot, fellas. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that. And that's going to be the, the question I'm assuming that came up in the press conference is, there's a whole group of people like how could you not be starting him all year and I will tell you folks if you go back and watch the Penn State game particularly the first drive that he was in you would not have if you would have told somebody after that that this is going to be the guy who throws for 507 yards you would have been laughed at and and if you have if you have that game on DVR go back and look at it and it's not an indictment against 
Paddock because he played spectacularly today. The coaching staff isn't a bunch of idiots. And they also aren't looking to play some sort of game of like, I'm going to not start somebody who's obviously incredible. But what is the, you know, I'm assuming the question came up is who do you start next week against Iowa, Matt? And what was the question and how was it answered? You want me to answer it the way that Bielema answered it? Because he looked at the person who asked it and was like, you really want to start a quarterback controversy right now? Like, seriously? Like, in all seriousness? Are we really doing this? Like, um, Look, I have my feeling on it. I don't know what the coaching staff's – I don't 100% know what the coaching staff's going to do. I will add this, though, Mike Cagley, is that, um, look, the coaching staff's not a bunch of idiots. I think we've made that very, very clear. Um, the people who work at Illini guys, specifically me, were not a bunch of idiots either. I was out there every day in August. I saw a, I saw an absolute difference between the guy who took the first team reps with the offense and the guy who took the second team reps with the offense in August. I just did. Um, I don't know how else to explain this to people other than John Paddock had, did not look that great in camp. I, I, I didn't, I was not trying to play favorites. I was not given an indication by the coaching staff of what to say. God knows, Mike, you know, this, if I had been, I would have told him, where they could stick that comment and I would, you know, do my own analysis in an honest way. Um, but I never saw a quarterback competition throughout the entire August. Like it was always going to be Luke Altmeyer because of the way that Luke played and the way that Luke was, was, was being prepared as the, as the starting quarterback um, the entire time. So I just want to get that on, on, on record. Um, I don't a hundred percent know what Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny are going to do here. But I do get a sense that, um, like, like Barry wasn't completely. Uh, you would think Barry Lunny was like doing cartwheels in the building. We he walked by us for post game, and he wasn't really thrilled. And I think it's because I think he knows that his QB one could have had similar numbers today against Indiana's defense and Indiana's secondary. So now we're going to have to deal with you know quarterback questions throughout the entire week. I. I tend to, and I could be dead wrong about this, and, and Brett Bielema could come in on Monday and say something completely different. Um, let me first address a couple of things. One is um, Luke Altmeyer is fully cleared to play. Um, he did get full clearance on Saturday, according to this coaching staff, um, yeah, on Friday um, evening. The problem is, is that by Tuesday, when he wasn't fully cleared, Brad Bielema is not going to waive the seven-day minimum of concussion protocol at that point, and that made it impossible from a week, from a just a calendar standpoint, for Luke to be able to play Saturday. That did not mean that Luke was inactive for practice. It did not mean that once Luke was cleared, he didn't do the walkthrough. It did not mean that Luke wasn't preparing wide receivers today. In practice, um, it does not mean that Luke – obviously, he is physically cleared. I, I do suspect that he will practice on Tuesday, which is the first day that they're back out there because Monday is an off day for the players. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, gun to my head, which I hate that saying, but gun to my head, um, I tend to think that this coaching staff is going to start Luke Altmeyer and have John Paddock prepared to play for the simple reason that I think they know they can go to John at Iowa if things get hairy with Luke, maybe in the first two series. Um, 
And I think they know based off of what happened in Minnesota and they based off technically what happened today that John will be ready to play. And John can be somebody you can go to. Um, but I, I do think that they think there is a distinct difference between what Luke Altmaier can provide this offense and what John Faddock can provide this offense. Um, and so I tend to lean toward the idea that they'll start Luke. My opinion is not the majority opinion, or I, I know some people on my beat who are some of our competitors who are going the other way. That's fine. That's a perfectly acceptable take. Um, and that's why I tell you, I'm not entirely sure what the staff's going to do here, but I do think that they are, uh, they're weighing that right now. But I do think that from a physical, physical standpoint and from a, from a, what can we run, you know, against a highly sophisticated offense or I'm sorry, defense like Iowa that they're going to face in Kinnick next week at two 30. I think they feel like they can get more done with Luke than they do with John. So, um, there's a reason why Luke Altmaier got the starting job and he was not the problem for why he needs to lose it. And I think that they're going to look at all of those things. The good news is, is that Illinois has two quarterbacks that I think this offense and these coaches feel like they can go to and win a football game, even in Kinnick against an Iowa defense. And that's always a good thing. Good. Well, I don't know. I, I just, what I want and what I think Obviously, two different things. Brad Bielema is kind of old school. I don't. I would be very surprised if Luke Myers not named starting quarterback next week. I just don't see it any other way. I don't see him being a coach to say a kid's going to you know lose his spot because he got injured. If I mean truthfully, if the play calling was the way it was today, and you know, yeah, you're gonna have to run the ball a little bit. I think maybe kudos to Barry Lunny because. You know, he changed up his scheme because maybe, um, you know, the lack of depth as running back. But I think, the you know, the quick drop throws makes it a lot easier. I like to see Luke make those throws. You know, I will say this, and this is not a knock on Luke, and I'm, I'm open for discussion. I said this before, you know, in the press box to Matt and Brad. The one glaring difference I see between the two quarterbacks, John Paddock can throw a ball through a window and hit a plate. I've seen it for two straight weeks, and I've not seen Luke do that consistently. Not saying that he can't do it. The, I mean, this kid can put a ball in a tight window, and I don't know. I, I've seen Luke. I've been on the field. I've seen him throw a deep ball, and I think he's thrown some great balls. I've been a, I've complained all year about throwing the ball, stretching the ball down the field because it opens up the running game, and I'm, a, I'm still going to stand by that. They had – Two guys with 200 yards offense, one of them was 99, and then you had a running back that's been injured get on the field day for 149 yards. Ain't about throwing the ball down the field. They have playmakers. They do have guys. They've We've seen it. So that's my take on it. I'd like to see more of it. i like to see them let, let Luke do that. And if he can't, you got to win because Northwestern's not going to be a gimme game anymore. Yeah, they're 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 playing a much better brand of football right now. Got their starting quarterback this back this week. I think he's been around, been out since early in the season, so that's going to make a difference. Um, I I would be shocked if if he if Altmaier didn't start. I, I think Bielma's old school and lose like you said, losing a starting place to injury is is kind of anathema to that generation. Um, 
the other thing is I, I think the difference between the two quarterbacks is I think Paddock has a slightly quicker release. And I think they also today made an attempt to call much more, um, you know, more three-second drop, quicker plays. We didn't see nearly the amount of those dang play action things where you're supposed to do a fake that takes a second and a half and then and then you got to figure out where you're going to throw the ball and oh by the way the defensive lineman didn't buy the fake so you got to fake you got to get away from him and so I thought that a combination of the plays were a little bit better um, to get rid of the ball quicker Indiana's defensive backs were just as bad as Illinois and and then I think a slightly quicker release from Paddock you know, so I, I think there's a lot of factors going on and too many times people want to say like, well, it's because Luke isn't as good. Well, there's there's more than just than than just one factor when a coach is making a decision. There's nuances. And I know people don't like to talk about that. I wonder um, like, just quickly, like, don't you imagine like what Luke Altmyer's thinking standing there in this wetsuit in this sweatshirt today going, God, if Indiana was going to bust this many coverages today, like, you know, like. God, I would love to be out there today, right? Oh, like, you, you know, and he's a competitor. He oh, wants yeah. to be out there, you know? I mean. Oh, I know that for a fact. But I'm just saying he he's seeing the same thing that John saw for 55 minutes at Minnesota, right, As a, on the sideline. And he has to be seeing all these busted coverages by Indiana and go, God, like, you know, you could bring somebody out from the stands and they could throw some of these. Like, the, the windows weren't tight today. Like busted, like Indiana busted coverages by like yards. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, John had the ability to like, I don't think, I don't think Isaiah and Pat Bryant have ever been that wide open this year. Like, you know, let's just be real about this. Like, you know, I, I can imagine Luke Altmeyer sitting there going, God, I wish I could have had that much time to throw and that much of a window to throw it to. Like, and so, um, when you're talking about somebody who, you know, over the last six games had 12, 12 touchdowns and three interceptions, um, you have to imagine he was licking his chops statistically to play somebody like Indiana, you know, and I'm not saying he would have thrown for 500, but at the time that Luke goes out the game, he's the fifth most efficient, I'm sorry, the fourth most efficient quarterback in the big 10. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm not trying to do transitive property here, but in order to bench Luke Altmeyer, you would have to assume that John Paddock is one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And against a adequate defense over a large sample size, what this coaching staff is going to have to figure out is, can John win us a football game? Can we go to John for 60 minutes against an adequate defense? And we all know that Iowa does not have an adequate defense. They have an elite defense. That is, it, they yeah. have one of the best in the country. Can we score enough yep. points, with John, and not turn it over, by the way, with John, and give Iowa a chance to get three points in Kinnick in order to win the football game? That's something that they've got to figure out. Um, because I do think that more off, like, again, um, you know, they they just don't see it the way look and Ked's take is 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 perfectly valid. But the one thing that I know that they don't they don't see it the way that Keg sees it is they feel like Luke Altmeyer has more arm talent than John Paddock. And that's just really clear. Um 
So they're going to have to weigh the idea of do they like do they like playing with John more than they like playing with Luke? Can we run more with John than we, when we can run with Luke? Does the running game work better with John than it does with Luke? By the way, that was the other part of the Indiana defense that was mystifying to me today. Um, John threw for 500 because he didn't have to run at all. Um, you know, there have been games in which Luke has kind of run for almost 100 yards because the play breaks down and then Luke will take off and use his athleticism that way. John doesn't have that in his in his repertoire. He has to let the ball go and get rid of it. Today that worked against Indiana because their secondary is so god-awful. Um, Iowa's secondary is not god-awful, and I do think that whoever plays quarterback for Illinois, they're going to have to make some plays with their feet. So can John make enough plays with their with his feet? for us to win that football game. And I think you all have to take that into consideration. And Brett's got to put into the equation also that quite frankly, it might not take more than 13, 14 points to beat Iowa, whether My the game is or in Kinnick or wherever. So, so that's part of the equation as well. And so not turning the football over might be as important, if not more important than making big plays, you know? And so that's, that's something that they've got to consider. Yeah, I'm I'm more concerned about the health of the quarterbacks because that pass rush is brutal and and you know you could get killed out there. Not that it couldn't happen against any team, but certainly um, that Iowa team is is can be nightmarish. Um, so we'll we'll have to see how they how they do. Um, Ted, any other thoughts on the quarterback position? No, I again I'm just. I, I think I know what's going to happen. Uh, it stinks that John only has one year left because um, it gives him a different look. And I don't, you know, I, I'm a big Luke fan. I, I really am. I don't, I think to beat Iowa, I, I think out of all the teams that's left on Iowa's schedule, and I said this a week or two ago, Illinois has one of the better offenses that I think they'll see. I don't, I could be wrong, but I think Illinois has the offense good enough to put up 15, 17 points on Iowa's defense. Especially if they do what they did today. And I again, I know because I don't know what the score is right now, but I know going into halftime against Rutgers, it's three three zero at least it was, and you know Rutgers can't score a touchdown, so it's not going to be easy. But I think Barry Lunny is, is creative enough, and I was impressed with him today. So I'm going to give him the nod. I'm really curious to see what the spread will be and over and under because I would just don't give up a lot of points. Just don't do it. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the wide receiver position because you know it's it's an unusual game here, but you ended up in a situation where Casey Washington almost got to triple digits. He is five catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. You had Pat Bryant with five catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. We don't Matt, maybe you can give us when we're done here, talk a little bit about the prognosis for him. And Isaiah Williams at nine catches for 200 yards and two TDs. Quite a performance out of the uh, the wide receiver position today. Yeah, well, um, also, Casey Washington got his first touchdown. Yep. Like, I mean, Casey's been here a while um, and finally got in the end zone. I think that was really cool. Um, he's had a hell of a journey here at Illinois in more ways than one. Um, it's been a semester at Wake Forest and then came back. Um, he's had a hell of a journey. I'm glad to see him get in the end zone today. I, Isaiah continues to impress me week after week just because I think there's there's no secret in the Big Ten that you've got to try to contain number one. 
and there are, are defenses in this league that just have not figured out a way to do it. Uh, Pat Bryant's, it's, I think it's an ankle thing. Um, it's going to be similar to Reggie Love. You're going to wake up one day and feel great. You're going to wake up one day and feel terrible. We'll see. Um, the good news there, though, is that I thought Aston Hollins yeah. has really used the bye week to take over that spot if there's something that's not there with Pat Bryant. And given George McDonald at least a fourth wide receiver to count on, um, and I thought he's used the bye week really, really well, and everything after the bye week really, really well to uh, gain some confidence and, and gain some trust in his position coach. Um, and he's not a freshman, so George has no qualms about putting him on the field. So um, I think that he's an option to start if if Pat Bryant can't in, in Kinnick next week. So, um, yeah, I, I think we've been talking all year about how George McDonald and this coaching staff, Barry Lonnie and Brett Bielema, feel about those top three wide receivers. And Iowa's de- – I'm sorry, Indiana's defense did nothing to try to shut any of them down today. Um, and – you know, John Paddock had wide open spaces to throw to those guys and kind of let it loose. And um, those guys kind of had a field day today. And, and you know, it, it, it I, I found it to be not shocking in the least that when it got down to nut crunching time, John Paddock's plan of action basically was we're going to throw a ball number one and <laughs> Indiana is going to have to have Indiana's, it's Indiana's job to stop us from throwing it to number one and then we'll adjust from there. Sure enough, Indiana's defense never made Paddock adjust. Um, And so I really do think that Isaiah Williams having played the quarterback position most of his life before he got to Illinois is really a nice, um, you know, skill set that he has. And people I've talked about, you know, outside of Illinois all the time have said, you know, is he draftable? Is he fast enough to be drafted? I've said it all the time. I don't know what Isaiah is going to run at the combine. I don't know what he's going to run at his pro day. I don't know that it matters. He's such a smart player. And by God, I don't care what he runs. Like one gets open. I'll be damned if one doesn't get open when everybody in the big 10 knows that that's the wide receiver. You got to stop. if You're going to play Illinois. And he goes for 200 today and, and is having a, an all big 10 type of season um, when he is the spotlighted player. So I do think that 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 top three has been talked about all year and and it continues to get more and more confident, especially if Pat Bryant's going to have a day like he did before he got injured. And then you get a supplemental performance from Aston Hollins like you did today. Um, That top three that that they don't like to sub out with a lot is 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 something that I think George McDonald has really developed into a nice, nice trio and, and something that the quarterback can play off of no matter who it is. I know going into the season, you know, if you guys remember one of our podcasts, we talked about the depth at the wide receiver position and the running back room. So um, I still like it. I think it's good. Um, I think I think there's some depth there. I was, you know, jokingly, Matt and I kind of have a little side joke with about, you know, the former All-American or uh, Malik Elsey. He got on the field today. I mean, I don't, I, you know, they didn't throw his way, but he was back on the field. So the the receiving room was really good today. I, I was glad to see them make plays. The toughest play for me that I, you know, go back on and total rest my four or five hairs I have left out of my head 
was the, the catch that Casey Washington could have had in the end zone. One, it took seven points away. Two, it would have put him over 100 yards. So I like the I liked the game plan today. Today, I was really impressed. Uh, they threw it so well today. I just, like, and I think Matt mentioned it when he first got on, I believe, with Brad, about the holes. I mean, they just went, they, Indiana wasn't expecting it. And you got guys that were running 20 and 25 yards. I think uh, I know one guy had. I think it was Love. He had one. He had 37 yards. So I like the mixture. Uh, I do think man, if Caden Fagan would have would have been available, um, and I, I didn't go to press conference. I don't know what his injury status is. I do think they would have ran the ball a, a little bit more as well. I, I like the balance with a 60-40 run pass. I liked what I saw today out of the offense. Personally, one of my favorites to tell you the truth. You know, that, I guess that leads me to the next question, Matt. It seems like it was a different type of play calling today. Are we going to see a little bit more of that? Because this was a more palatable team to watch. You know, now granted, Bielma was backed into a corner because he only had one one, one running back who, who we've ever heard of to, to you know, to, to give the ball to because Fagan, you know, unfortunately got hit looked like on his shoulder, right arm early on. And then even when he fumbled, looked like he took another hit directly to it. Um, so against Iowa, I mean, my God, I worry about getting the team killed. But um, are we going to be able to throw the ball around a little more like this? Because maybe Bielema ball will be a different, a whole different, mean a whole different thing by the end of this year. So... I kind of mentioned it, I think, beforehand, but we saw Barry Lenny walk through us through the pre to the post-game media area to get to uh the indoor where all the parents are. He wasn't doing cartwheels. He wasn't overly happy. I don't think this is the way this team wants to win. I don't think this is the way this team wants to play offense. I I, I think a lot of times people think that this is the way that Matt Stevens wants football to be. I just cover what I cover. Like, I don't think this is the way that Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny want offense to be and today. And they're happy that John Paddock was able to do what he did because if he doesn't, they don't win. And they 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 know that they have to win. But I, I got the sense that, like, Barry Lunny was either A, exhausted, or B, kind of sick to his stomach about what he had just put out there today. And And I know that sounds weird because – like production wise in terms of yards, it's probably his best day as an Illinois offensive coordinator, but schematically and philosophically, that's not what they want this program to be. And you brought it up really well, Mike, is that, you know, if they only have one healthy and almost, I would, I wouldn't even say they had a healthy tailback to that. I, I agree there. Cause he Reggie's, not, a... Reggie's not completely healthy and he'd be the first to tell you that. And guess what? Who'd be the second Brett Bielema? Cause he said it in the post game. It was like, they had to constantly keep checking on him. Are you good? Are you good? Are you okay? And so when you're so, so injury riddled in that position room, cause let's face it. I said it in August, like, look, Caden might play a little bit, but like they're not expecting him to get higher than third on the depth chart, you know, this year, if everything goes right injury-wise. Everything didn't go right injury-wise. In fact, everything went completely wrong injury-wise. And he got an opportunity and he's made the most of it. And But this 
throwing the ball for 500 yards, throwing the ball first to set up the run. That's all fine and good. Um, not being able to close out a football game by handing the ball to a running back and physically dominating at the line of scrimmage um, is not is not the way. That's the way that Brett Bielema wants, and Brett and I think Barry Lunny want to win football games. But we couldn't do it against this 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 Indiana team last year because you don't, and, and honestly, because you don't. Yes, that's correct, and you don't have um, you don't have the depth in the running back room now to do it today, right? right. And I think they knew that. So kudos to Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny and everybody involved in saying, look, we have to get the W this way. But if you're asking me, I think that they they're they're gonna they would look at the Michigan game today where they didn't throw a pass after there was 747 left to go in the second quarter and go, that is a portrait of 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 beauty. That is how we want this program to look um here at Illinois. And I know that frustrates so many people, but that's the way they want to play offense. And and asking the quarterback to do that each and every week, what John Paddock did today, they don't find that to be sustainable. So I'm not certain. I'm not certain that having an offensive line that's the equivalent to the Michigan Wolverines, especially now that we know, i.e., we we just discovered that they're willing to bend the rules a little bit. Bend. Um, but yeah, no, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I mean, again, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Go back and watch the 2012 Big Ten Championship game that Brett Bielema coached against Nebraska, where they put up 70, and he had three running backs go for over 200, and he rushed and he, and or over for over 150, two of which go over 200. They rushed for over 530 against Bo Pelini and his defense at Nebraska. That is the that is the pinnacle of what Brett Bielema wants offense to be anywhere he's at. And um, what they did today was what they had to do to get the W because their depth chart says so. What they did against Minnesota was what they had to do to get the W because their depth chart said so. Because on Friday, Reggie Love said, hey, I can't go. He was honest enough with his coaches to say, I can't get on that plane. I can't go. You're better off having Nick Badonzo as the backup running back than me because I can't go. And today he could go. And so Caden Fagan, yeah, he had a shoulder deal. But he, Mike, he didn't go into the tent. He didn't go into the Carl Clinic tent. And he did come back out in the second half and do some things. I don't think they ever handed him the football again. And um, especially on that, like those, I think there was a couple of short yardage deals where they used him as a decoy, a decoy yep. handed the ball to Isaiah. Um, so Bielma said in the post game on radio that, they're going to have to monitor number three and see where he's at. They're still monitoring Reggie Love to see where he's at. Because I think after today, you know, he could be feeling better, but like he's not at a hundred percent either. So Ted might be right that that's just what they have to do, but it's not at all what they want to do. And I, I just, I just never got the sense from Barry Lunny today. Maybe he was just exhausted. Um, but I never got the sense today that Barry Lonnie philosophically was happy with what they, the product that they put out today. And even Brett Bielema is joking that, you know, Hey, I gave you all your money's worth today in terms of offense. Now you can stop bitching at me. Right. Like um, kind of, he understands like what the novice football fan wants to see, but that's not the way that he feels football should be played and at the highest level. And that's not what he believes 
um, is Illinois' best bet to win at the highest level. So you're just, I mean, I, I just, short of the depth chart that they have at running back right now, I don't think you're going to see it, but um, they do know that going up, and Brett Bieleman would know this, he's got a Hawkeye tattoo on his left calf, for God's sakes. He knows that going to Kinnick next week, you cannot be one-dimensional, and that one-dimensional cannot be the throw game because they will uh, they will make it very, very painful for whoever the quarterback is and probably whoever the offensive line is if that's your plan. If the plan is to throw to set up the run against Iowa, um, I think Iowa's going to – and Phil Parker, the defensive coordinator, is going to bank on a lot of turnovers next week, so – I think that there are – that could be another thing, too. You know these coaches just as much as I do, Mike, in terms of how they think. Barry could already be thinking about next week and going, Jesus Christ, how are we even going to score 10 points next week? Like, I have no earthly idea. Like, so there could be that. But, I mean, I, I got a sense that, like, you know, Barry kind of wanted to, like, drown some Pepto-Bismol and kind of throw up today over what he saw philosophically. Ted, what are your thoughts? I know you're always a proponent of – uh the conservative offense. I just, I saw something on Twitter and I wish I wouldn't have saw it a, a little bit ago. As much as I give them credit, there's been two or three games and it happened today. They have, they've had two or three games where they just needed one or two yards to put teams away and they don't do it. I mean, I, again, I was impressed today, but they have to figure out a way to put teams away. And you need one yard and that's, Good teams can do that, you guys. They have to find a way to do that. That's my – if I had a complaint, that's what it is. Because I know – I don't remember what – I think maybe – I don't remember what two games. I don't want to say for sure because I don't want to embarrass myself. But today they had a chance to do that and just could get one yard at some point. And the offensive line was did great today, but that part they need to figure out for me. Yeah, I mean they've they've got it. They've got to get that that locked and loaded. So Matt, final thoughts after this. Really, it was one of the most exciting games um, that that I've seen in a while. Uh, like I said, I think I on an earlier podcast I said being an Illini fan at times is like riding a roller coaster, but not one of the new ones, like the um, like the old mine ride, the wooden one at uh, Six Flags, where you end up getting you know your hips and your sides beat up because you get bruised as you go up and down and around and side to side and that's sometimes what it's like being a Illini fan but as as you walk out of here and and you're kind of contemplating this day any what are your final thoughts that Illinois can still go to Indianapolis that Illinois can still get to seven and five, that Illinois can still be everything that Brett Bielema's teams prior to last year have been in November. And that this team continues to get better. Um, I think it's safe to say week by week. And, and um, that's that if you're looking for positives, that's that all of the things, almost all of the goals you're not getting to like, an access bowl this year, unless you win and win the game in Indy, um, God forbid. Um, but getting to Indianapolis, winning the West, getting bowl eligible, those are all things that are on the table right now. Um, because Illinois is five and five and they have two opponents that they can beat. I'm not saying they're gonna, but they can beat. And Seven and five after everything that has happened this year and all the consternation and all of it, you know, the, the blowout loss at Purdue, the, 
the seven points that were scored against Nebraska and and all of it, the 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 deflating comeback loss against Wisconsin, all of it. You put all of that into a hat, and if you can get to seven and five, and even if they don't, even if Iowa wins today and then they win the Black Friday game, and so they get to Indy, just like last year, I mean, this season is relatively successful. Brett Bielen will be the first to tell you, I didn't come here to go seven and five. Just like last year, I didn't come here to finish one and four and and not get to Indy. But, um, you know, Mike, I think it was you that put this out or, or somebody retweeted it that that the amount of wins that Brett Bielema has had in three years now at Illinois is starting to rival some of the best that's ever done it in my lifetime. And I think that this program continues to make strides. And I think that um, my last final thought is about John Paddock because it's, 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 I'm just so happy for him and his family. And I'm also Mike, you've seen this even in the Bielema. Let's not even go back further than the Bielema era. This is another backup quarterback that Brett Bielema's program has had prepared for this moment to go get a W for Illinois. And that's a huge deal for fans to go, you know what, if I want to have faith in my head coach and who's running the program and how this program is being in the, we hear around the word culture all the time, right? Well, John Paddock's not able to do what he did. And Art Sitkowski is not able to do what he did. And Brandon Peters isn't able to come back off the bench in 2021 and do what he did, you know, if the culture isn't correct and the culture isn't right. And so I think it's really cool that John Paddock was able to throw for 500 plus today. But I also think that John Paddock would be the first to tell you that if he didn't have people around him who believed in him here at Illinois and that kept developing him at Illinois. And if John Paddock wasn't a sixth year guy who was had that maturity, who had been a who had spent four years as a backup at Ball State and knew what it was like and needing to be prepared for every possible moment to be your next moment, um, then he wouldn't have had the success that he's had in the last seven days at Illinois. But I think it's really a testament to him, this coaching staff and this culture that's being built inside the Smith Center right now that has allowed Illinois to still be five and five and allow a kid like John Paddock who – I'm sorry, but if his mom, Ashley, had ever seen him wear anything maize and blue or or green and white while he was in Michigan, she would have disowned him just like his grandfather and, you know, his uncle who both played here. So I think it's really cool that somebody who has grown up always wanting to play here over the last seven days has has had a lifetime of moments for him. And I, I just, I'm really happy for him and his family. I grew up in Ogden. I know exactly where his grandfather's, you know, uh, property is in St. Joe. Um, it's a really cool story. The Wright family, Mike, you know, this as a graduate has, has a lot of history and, um, you know, has a lot of tradition here at the university of Illinois, especially in the football department. His mom, Ashley is a sweetheart. Um, and I'm really happy that he's able to have success because John Paddock's going to be successful if he's anything like his great grandfather, his grandfather and his uncle um, in whatever he decides to do. Um, and I think it's awesome that he is. I didn't want John Paddock's only and last moment at Illinois to be what he was put out to do against Penn State. And I don't think Brett Bielema did either. And so deep down, I think Brett Bielema was really happy that John Paddock was able to do what he did today. 
And when we watch sports, I think that's ultimately at the end of the day, kind of something what we're always rooting to see. And I think that that's, that's really cool that he was able to do that today. Ed, what were your final thoughts? I, uh, it's Iowa week for me where I live. I'm a, I live in the state of Illinois, but uh, I'm only 50 miles from Iowa city. If that makes any sense. And I've already been contacted to do four podcasts this week and a couple of TV shows. It's a big week, not just for Kendrick, but for the program. Last time Illinois was in Iowa City, I think Brett Bielema had COVID. He couldn't go. Uh, I do know there was a lot of talk that when Kirk Ferentz retired, Brett Bielema was the guy that they wanted to go after because of what Matt stated earlier. He fits that style of offense. I'm just really curious to see how this is going to play out. It will be really nice to see Illinois win again. I I want them to go. To, I want them to go to a bowl game. I set it up in the press box for a number of reasons. Stability from a recruiting standpoint, showing you know that you're building. When I'm talking to these recruits, they believe in the staff, and and you don't want to be home. You don't want to be sitting home if you don't have to. Unfortunately, in my opinion, mine, the two games that hurt for me are Purdue and Nebraska game. Now you got to go try to go win at places that that are tough and we are everybody thought Northwestern was going to be that gimme and now it's not so you got to get the you got to get win number one and you don't want to wait till the last weekend and I remember a couple of years ago we all thought Illinois was going to roll over Northwestern and it was the other way around so big week coming up I hope they're healthy you know I know he'll share with us in the press conference Monday who's out and who's not but hopefully that they're not going to lose too many key players. Yeah, and I'll I'll wrap up the podcast with a couple of things. First off, reading on Twitter, you, I'm seeing all these all these uh, Indiana writers talking about how Indiana beat themselves, and I look at it and I'm like, well, now they sound like me because I was like, well, I think Illinois is probably better than Purdue at least right after the game, and I'm like, I think Illinois is better than Nebraska, but after further reflection i looked at the final score and on that afternoon whether whatever you think of illinois roster versus nebraska or purdue those two teams beat illinois and really didn't put much mystery in what happened out there that day and today i thought both teams had weaknesses that were exploited illinois was down 27 to 12 at one point and they scored uh, uh, numerous points to come back and get the lead. And then they kind of had to hold on because Indiana went back to what they did well. And I, I think you could accuse either team of, you know, beating themselves today with some of the play. At the same time, when you had to have the play and you needed it in overtime, Indiana ran uh, some plays that I didn't think were the brightest lights on the patio, you know, two quarterback draws up the middle. And, and unfortunately for them, their quarterback wasn't able to convert and they got a field goal. Illinois ran, ran plays and were a little more aggressive. And when it mattered, John Paddock hit it to Isaiah Williams touchdown, Illinois wins. Fact of the matter is Illinois was a better team today, just like Nebraska and Purdue were the better teams on those Saturdays. Now Illinois has got to figure out how do I win? You know, how does this team win uh, two in a row or at a minimum one out of two? And as things go for Illinois fans, neither game's a gimme. And Northwestern's going to come into here wanting to knock off Illinois more than anything because they know if they beat them, 
they can knock Illinois out of a bowl opportunity, barring Illinois upsetting a very physical Iowa team. So the st- the stakes are huge for the next two games, and Illinois needs to do everything they can to beat Iowa. I'm not saying that it's likely, but it is possible. And then, then the next week, they've got to do everything they can to take care of, of Northwestern and, and do, again, the, the three weeks of extra practice is why Ohio State and Michigan are so dang good, because they've gotten that additional three weeks of practice for the last 50 years. Over time, it just makes for better teams. And then it helps your recruiting, et cetera. Matt? One quick Two quick points. One is I agree with everything that CAG said, um, except for if you guys really want Illinois to get to a bowl game, can you please also hope that like I get to go to Vegas instead of Detroit near on Christmas week? I mean, like we can act, we, 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 we you can have the best of both worlds, right? Like I want <laughs> Illinois to get to a bowl game too, but I don't want to be in Detroit on Christmas, like the night of Christmas. Like I'd like to be in Vegas on the and then get out of Vegas on the 24th and be home on the 25th. Like root for me too. Okay. Um, there we are. So two, keep Matt two, in mind folks. Yeah. Two is um, I wanted to address this thing where Mike, you said that like, Hey, this is the plan, blah, 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 blah. I thought it, this is, this is you. Cause you, I think you love this stuff. Cause it's kind of Belichickian. He hands all the players a calendar of November with every day in November. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing every day in November, because we are going to be at our best in November. By God, we are going to be at our best in November. And this team has continued each and every week after the bye week to get better. And I think that that's a reflection of Brett Bielema saying, this is really, really important to us. And if you're an Illinois fan right now, I, I doesn't look like Rutgers is going to be interested in scoring points today in Iowa City. Um, so, okay, cool, fine. But if you're Illinois today, you're going to hit the pillow. Your head's going to hit the pillow tonight as an Illinois fan. If you beat Iowa in Iowa City and then they lose the Black Friday game, the next afternoon when Illinois plays Northwestern, that will it's lining up that Illinois could have a chance in that game to play for a berth in Indianapolis for the and, and win the last ever Western Division Championship of the Big Ten. And I don't think that, you know, in the middle – like. On October 11th, Mike, one month from now, from today, I don't think anybody really thought that was possible. If you were really, if we were reading our message boards on the line, I guys, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. And we sit here today on November 11th with the idea that if Illinois wins out and Iowa loses against Illinois and on the Black Friday game against Nebraska, Illinois will have a chance that next day to beat Northwestern for a chance to win the Big Ten West title and go to Indianapolis for the first time in program history. That is a huge freaking deal. And I think to still have that on the table at the end of the second weekend in November is still really, really cool if you're an Illini fan. And I I just I kind of wanted to point that out. Yep, that's a good point. Final point that I'll make is, is you know, we've got uh, a lot of stuff coming. So we're going to be doing podcasts after all the Illini basketball games. And, of course, we'll be doing our normal previews. Um, this week, I will tell you, Monday night, we'll be releasing uh, our preview with Matt Randazzo, the sports director at WQAD News 8. So that is always hey. a fun podcast. Yeah, kid, you, I knew you'd like that. That's always yeah, a fun my, podcast. Yeah, that's, my new, that's one of my new employers. Yeah, so Ted is Ted is working for Channel uh, 
is uh, working for News 8 up in the Quad Cities as well. So you can see him at Illini Guys or there. So he's a multifaceted uh, sports writer. And then um, Matt is also great because he and I share a love of the WWE. So we'll have plenty of wrestling references in our preview of the Iowa game. So that'll give some people an extra reason to tune in. So with that, I am going to thank um, Matt and Ked for taking time. It's I know it's a pretty tough schedule that they're on traveling and writing and getting all these things done, but we do appreciate them taking their time. We will be back then on Monday night and, of course, also be looking for Sturdy for 30 as Brad will be doing some stuff on Big Ten, uh, around the Big Ten, looking at uh, both basketball primarily, but a little bit at football and Lord knows you have to talk Harbaugh scandal. So we will be, uh, there will be plenty of Illini Guys podcasts out there. And of course, the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, Big Sports Radio are out there as well. Subscribe to our podcast. Then you don't have to do anything. All you do is look at your phone and go, oh yeah, they're they're at it again. And of course, IlliniGuys.com, $99. It is a great deal. Please be looking uh, to do that. This is the best month of the year for Illini fans because we're going for a bowl. They're going for a bowl game and they're going to start off the season. And Tuesday night is Marquette ranked number five in the country should be an exciting next few weeks for Illini sports. And of course the Illini women are plugging away. They uh, lost a tight one to Marquette today, but the team is extremely good as well. So stay tuned to IlliniGuys.com. We would love to have you as a member. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. Thanks so much to Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince for coming on and taking some time out of their day to talk about the game. And most importantly, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please go ahead and, you know, give us five-star rating. Please subscribe even better. Now that it's the Christmas season, find a couple friends who really like the Illini, share that podcast with them and let them see if they would like it as well. And, of course, you can always subscribe at IlliniGuys.com where you can keep up with everything behind the scenes on our message boards. That's where we put all the stuff that we can't publish because sometimes we don't have a source officially. We can put rumors, innuendos, and all that back there. Plus, we argue regularly about things going on around the Big Ten and around the programs. So it's a lot of fun if you like to debate. With that, everybody, be safe on your way back home. We're looking forward to... Matt Randazzo on Monday with the Iowa preview. Tuesday, we will have the post game from the Marquette. It's going to be an exciting week. We look forward to sharing it with you. Go Illini. Illini.